friends. Um, I thought that we would have a little therapy session together. How does that sound? I am feeling a little down lately. Um, emotional roller coaster. Depressed. Deflated. Um, kind of not feeling validated. You know, that worry and that fear of not mattering. My voice doesn't matter. All of that. Um... Is really hitting hard in this season of life. Um, this past year has not been easy, to say the least. Um, and, you know, at first, I thought things were getting better because as the nine, I like to pretend like everything is fine. Um, but it wasn't. And now we are... Now I am in a spot of, oh my word, this is all hitting at once. Um, so let's dive in to a little therapy session and I would love for you to get to know me better. And the point of this really is for me to work through how I'm feeling um, so I can understand myself better. And I can't heal. Um, unless I get to understand that little child inside of me a little bit better, uh, um, my childhood wounds and, you know, what is, what did little charity feel? Um, and how is that impacting me today? Um, so yeah, if you're ready to get deep, then let's dive in. So let me introduce myself for anyone who might be new here. My name is Charity. I am a certified Enneagram coach and a mama. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am a mama to four children. And they range from age of six to 15 and a half. And you might say, wow, Charity, that's, that's a big age range there, huh? Yeah, it is. And um, with that comes a lot of understanding and love, forgiveness, and so much more grace. Uh, our son, Mikai, he is our youngest. He is six. And then we have our daughter, Sarah, who is 13. Then we have uh, two boys who are 15. Uh, my oldest, RJ, is 15 and a half, and Devin is, uh, he just turned 15. And so you might, you know, wonder, okay, so you have two 15-year-olds. No, they're not twins. <laughs> Devin and Makai are brothers. They are um, came to our family through adoption um, a few years ago. <clears throat> and Sarah and RJ are both my birth children. I have a degree in early childhood and that is where you know I really started to um, find myself is working with kids and having that understanding that oh wow this is why I do what I do um, so let's start from the beginning shall we um, I was in school for 
4K in kindergarten. Um, one of my core memories that I can remember is show and tell. I believe I was probably about, like I said, four or five years old. And um, I was so excited to bring in the little bumblebee from the Cheerios box. Honey Nut Cheerios was like, you know, was it when I was a kid. And this was back in the day when they used to have actually have like toys in the cereal boxes. <laughs> you know, you turn the cereal box bag upside down to get the toy out. Um, because, you know, of course you knew it sank to the bottom. Um, but yeah, like I remember like this so vividly. It was just a straight yellow plastic figurine of the bee from the Cheerios and I thought it was so cool and I brought it in and I showed people like my class and they laughed at me that's what I remember I remember standing in front of my class with a toy that I was excited about and then the kids laughing now you know of course I don't remember all of what happened or maybe the reasons why they laughed maybe someone said something funny or you know maybe they were laughing at something else but what stuck with me is that I stood up I shared something I shared my voice and then people laughed in return. When I look at my four or five-year-old self, I want to say that you are important. That your words are important. That you matter. It makes me sad that I've had like 40, 40 years of having that, that childhood memory and have it be that core fear of mine. 40 years I've let this little voice inside of me, that inner child part of me, that moment in history mold be like the beginning of my molding of who I think I am um you know and then so when it comes to to that, you know, getting my degree, it took me a little bit to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I thought hairdresser or interior designer, um, anything like that, because, you know, I did have fun cutting hair and doing hair. I do enjoy decorating, um, putting colors together, um, just opening up a room, you know, all of that. I do enjoy that. But when I started to really think what I wanted to do, what hit me the hardest was remembering 
what it felt like as a child to have a hard time reading out loud, messing up the words, and having the kids laugh at you. Remembering standing in front of the class with that little bee and kids laughing. Being punished and not being able to go to recess and instead having to practice circling, coloring in my little circles, you know, or doing something else instead of going out to recess. And I was a pretty quiet kid. So for me to get punished is like, I don't understand and I don't remember why, but I remember being told to sit quietly, not to talk and to do that. So, you know, I have these core, like deep core memories of that four-year-old being told they're not important, their words don't matter, and to shut up. And I didn't want other kids to hear that from their teachers, from their classmates. Even now, <laughs> even now when I teach Sunday school with, you know, on Sunday mornings, if I get a chance and the privilege to do that, or when I was teaching little kids, even the youngest at age, you know, one, one and a half, two, I share the message of how important it is to listen to our friends. Like, I would tell them, you know, the, you know how all kids like will talk all at once. And my message every time is, all right, friends, Sydney's words are important. So we're going to pause and we're going to listen to Sydney. And then if you would like to speak, raise your hand so we could all listen to you. Because I wanted the kids to know that, that their words, their thoughts, their opinions, um, how they're feeling like is super important. And I didn't want them to feel deleted or invalid. I want them to know that they are important. And so that's my main reason why I went into early childhood. And so now, 40 years later, as I'm sitting here talking to you as a 44-year-old woman, I still am struggling with the inner child. And hearing in my head that I don't matter, that I should just quit, quit what I'm doing. Um, you're not making a difference anyway. You're not helping anyone. You're not able to, to do the passion and the desire to, to help people like you want. No one's hearing you. They're looking over, you know, you're being overlooked. So someone who is more flashier, um, someone who has more followers, someone who has done more important things in their life. Oh, and how I yearn and want to be important. You guys don't, under like, 
if you want if you could see my heart I want to be important I want to help heal I want to help people grow I want to I just want to be that support system for people. Um, I want them to have a voice. I might not agree with you as we're coaching of your life choices, of why you've did A, B, or C, and how you got to X, Y, Z. I'll... I will love you as a person. And I will help you grow and see how beautiful and valued you are. And that's what I want. And so when my core fears as a type 9 come into play, um, so let me just kind of explain that right now. For anyone who is not familiar with the Enneagram, the Enneagram is nine personality types. Um, each of us have a personality type, and some people believe that we are um, born with it. Some people believe that it kind of grows and matures um, as we hit like certain childhood wounds that we hear. Um, and that's kind of where I come from, as I feel like it's more of, um, you know, kind of the, the core moment in history hit and you grow and you develop your type because of that. Um, because, you know, I could, I could say one thing to, to a type two who would receive it and hear it one way. And then I could say it to a type 7 or 5, um, and they would hear it a different way. And the way we hear things um, is what we call, like, our lens. Our lens of, of how we see the world. Um, and so as a 9, I might have a purple lens. And so a lot of things look purple to me. And there are different shades for different um, 9s, right? We all, all 9s don't have dark purple lenses. There might be some lighter lighter purple medium shade purple, um, because we all have different life experiences. We all, um, see things differently. And so <clears throat> for me being like more of a self-pres where I feel more comf comfortable, like with my cozy blankets, my comfort, my security and like money or food, especially food for me. Um, my lens is going to be a little bit different purple than someone who's more of a social or one-on-one um, -on -one type. So they're going to need something different. Um, but let me back up back a little bit. So when we're looking at the Enneagram, like I said, there are nine types. And um, as a type nine, it took me a little bit to figure out what type I was because of... Um, not really knowing who I am because a lot of, a lot of nines don't know who they are because we kind of take on different characteristics of other people. So it can take a little bit for us to know who we are. Um, and this can be for all types, you know, depending on, um, 
how willing you are to really dig in and, and read all nine types and figure out which one really hits. Um, but as a, as a nine, <clears throat> excuse me, um, our core fear is loss and separation. That is why we want peace and harmony and we don't want conflict. We want like just our situation, our space around us to be peaceful because we might be afraid of a loss or separation. And that could be in friendship, that could be in a relationship, that could be in work. Um, it could be with our kids. It could be so many, like so many areas of our life. And, um, our desire is for calm and peace, harmony for everyone to get along, uh, for us to have inner peace inside of us. A lot of times for a nine, what we will do is we will control because we feel like we don't have a voice. So we'll overcompensate for something we don't feel like we have and can be very controlling. And so we will try to control the chaos around us because our our soul is not at peace. So that's pretty deep. So let me say that again. We will control the people and space around us to help find peace because we don't have peace inside of us. So we'll try to control the areas around us so we'll have peace. And we really don't find peace. We find it for a moment when everyone around us is so freaked out that we blow up at everybody out of nowhere that everyone's quieted on eggshells. But hey, we have our moment of peace. Um, but the main thing is to really to find that inner peace, to, to know who we are um, and to know whose we are, that we can find that peace. And so core fear um, is worry of loss and separation core longing or desire is that we will be in peace and harmony um within ourselves and so that has really shown up um in the last year of my life with some things not like going well in our family with one of our kids um that being turned upside down I got a um, out-of-the-home job working at a daycare center, um, something I love with little kids, and I was loving it, and then had to quit because family. Um, and I'm not resentful. Well, well, let me back that up. It hurts. Um and I am, I guess, resentful to one of my kids for not being able to do that part of my life um, because things were going well. The extra income was nice, too. And I was also, like, making a difference. I felt like my voice mattered. These little kids, like, loved me and liked hanging out with me. Um, and then that was taken away from me. And that can really hurt 
So then, here I am, longing to have a voice again. And... I don't know, this is where I'm blocked, y'all. It's... It's hard when you really, really, really want something and the thing you want, you can only see good coming from it and it gets taken from you. So I sat for a moment in my motherhood and was the mom that hopefully my kids needed. That's what I tried to be. That's what I continue to try to be. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, school has started. Let me refocus more on my coaching again. And I have this passion, this desire to, to jump in and I get so excited. And then the fire gets put out again um, because that little voice came back and said hey you're not making a difference you haven't helped anybody why don't you just pretend like this never happened and um, go back to only being a mom and not worry about this coaching things anymore and to be truthfully honest that would be so easy for me that is the easy way. Yes, let's do that way out. Um, and I'm fighting really hard against that little voice inside of me. Those lies that I've talked about before. Um, the lies of our fears. Our fears will tell us. And it's really easy to believe them because they are sown deep, deep into our soul and so I'm fighting really hard um, against that lie. And I'm trying to remember the truth that I am seen. I am loved. I am heard. Not only by my husband and my family and my friends, but most of all by my God. And that... It's something that I need to remind myself of every day when the lies um, start to bombard me and I become an emotional mess. Um, so before I had jumped into this, you know, fear of core, like fear of not mattering again, I had had this wonderful idea because I've been talking about whole motherhood lately and about the mind and body and soul and how important it all is that I wanted to invite three women on and to talk about each thing. Let's talk about the mind and then we'll have another one talking about the body, another one talking about the soul and how important all three of them are individually and then once we understand them individually, when we put them all together, 
what a powerhouse that is. And I got so excited. Like part of me was like, I show you want to do this. What ifs? Um, and then I did. I did. And this is what happened. So this is what happened. I just did it. I talked to some of the ladies that I know, um, put myself out there and went for it. Um, and all three of them said yes. Yay! I am excited and nervous. More nervous than excited. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm overwhelmed and like as excited am I as I am about this, I'm thinking, oh my heavens, what did I get myself into? Um and then that little child and that worry comes back, okay? Well, you're right. What did you get yourself into? What if this doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to? What if no one listens? What if um This is not a great podcast. And that's what I'm fighting with right now. And it is not fun on top of dealing with some of my kids' uh, mental health, um, another child's past trauma, um, bad choices that they made, on top of little Kai needing his mama and really going through the stage of attachment with me. Um, And I think that has to do a lot with one of our kids um, is not living with us at the moment. And so that may be that inner fear of what might happen, um, you know, with them or with us. And so there's a lot going on, and I'm not feeling like a stellar mom. I am feeling pretty low on that totem pole of how well I'm doing as a mom right now. And that really sucks. Um, Because I usually have it pretty darn together as a mom. I think I I do pretty good of a a job being a mom. Um, And right now... Not knowing how I'm doing really sucks. And that goes back to the Enneagram with nine-nineness. And let me explain that to you if you're not familiar with it. Um, a type nine, like I said, you know, wants peace and harmony. Usually is pretty complacent and will go with the flow of things. Unless they really, really want something. Or you've messed with their integrity. Um then they'll stand up when a type nine one of myself um when i get stressed out when i get tired i will go to that six and i will become more anxious i will think of what if situations i will think of the worst scenarios that could possibly happen and i can get myself into a spiral very very quickly and that is not a good place to be. Um, 
when I am on my healthier side, instead of just being um, complacent and going with the flow, maybe being a little slower with my actions, I will hit a three, which will be very much on the pace of quickness and wanting and doing all things to be seen, to be acknowledged. And that really is the opposite of what our childhood message is, right? That I'm not seen, I'm not heard, my voice doesn't matter. And so then we hit overdrive um, and it can be very unhealthy to want all the things, want all the acknowledgements, want all the praise, wants everyone to see us. And if we're not careful and being in a healthy place, that can um, really be a downfall of our threeness. And so the good healthy spot of a nine is to understand ourself, to go with the flow, and then connect to that three piece and to have that energy and go get them, go get them kind of attitude um, with that momentum, you know, a nine in action stays in action, stays in movement. And so to be able just to continue to be in movement so we are not like sitting on the couch, sinking into the couch kind of movement. Um, and I struggle with that. I struggle with that really bad of connecting to that three of wanting to be seen. Um, wanting to feel important. And it feels really good when I get acknowledged and people say, well, you know, this, the, whatever on here or whatever with ABC over there and... And I have to be very careful not to let it go to my head too much um, and my heart because that's going to be what I seek and desire instead of connecting with myself and really want, like, really seeing and knowing what I want. And that's where I am right now because I feel like nothing has worked in the last year. Nothing. Um, and so I was like, oh, let's do this childhood thing. This would be great, you know. And it, that didn't work. My parenting skills um, aren't the best right now because I have a couple kids who are in some deep situations and you know which can affect your marriage which can affect your relationship with your friends which can affect so many things because as a nine I just want to disappear I want to lay on the couch put in my headphones and fall asleep metaphorically to NCIS or any other crime shows um And let that be my world. And it's really hard for me to to step outside of that. And so, y'all, you know, that's, that's what I'm going through right now. That's what I'm facing. 
as a coach, as a wife, as a mother, as a child um, of God, like, as a woman, like, I just don't feel seen and validated right now in my life. And that really sucks when that is your core longing and core desire. Um, so I'm really excited as much as I am nervous about having my, these three ladies come on, um, in the next few weeks to talk about this. And hopefully as we talk about it, um, it'll help my mind and my body and my soul to get in a better place. And then I can, you know, continue to heal and work on things. So thanks for coming to my therapy session. <laughs> um, I, I really never thought of, of that inner child moment in the classroom as vividly as I did um, just a few minutes ago when I was talking to you guys about it. So that hit really deep. So, yeah. Um, so as I am processing my self-worth and my importance, I want to remind you that you are important, that you are seen, that you are loved, and that you are worth more than second thoughts and maybes. And so I want you to take that at heart today. Hold it close and remember it always. Okay? Until next time, have a great day. Mm-hmm.